Walker, Jasper Philipson finishing there. Philipson lunging for the line. What a celebration! Jasper Philipson takes the sprint. Ned, yeah? um, what? A little bit further ahead what, what? by eight seconds was the yellow jersey oh. in full flight flapping oh. his wings across the finish line. I beg your pardon? I had yep. no idea. Neither did Jasper. No, that was, Jasper. Yeah. And also, the way Christopher Laporte pointed it out to him. Oh. I know. Just like a casual point. Look Just, ahead, Jasper. Oh, no. <sighs> yeah. It okay. To watch, it? So, which, which brings me to my first question for the ex-athletes in this car today as we leave Calais in bright sunshine and heavy traffic. David Miller. No, actually, Peter Kenyuk. Have you wrongly yeah. celebrated? Um, no. Have you come close to wrongly celebrating? Have you been in a position where you almost wrongly Never, celebrated? Ever. Have you been in a bike way. race where somebody has wrongly celebrated? Probably, but I can't remember. Oh, I have. I've never done it. Brilliant. But Ryder Heshdal did it at... This, um, that saved this section of the podcast. Yeah, the Tour of Alberta. <laughs> Can you remember? No, this is good. So Ryder did it oh, with one lap to go. And he just like, he bolted out and he thought he'd won the sprint. He was literally just sprinting off the peloton. Oh. And he must have thought he was like superhuman because obviously it was so easy for him to win. Yeah. And he like, no one else was full on sent it across the line, arms up. One lap oh. too early or yeah. what? So, so that evening at the hotel, I got a picture um, of him crossing the line with his arms up and got a hundred of them printed out and went round and put them at the whole restaurant on every single rider's chair. Oh my. <laughs> so Jasper Philipson's quite. Well, not just your teammates, no, the, no, whole peloton, the, whole peloton, the whole peloton. The whole peloton. Yeah. Just to really rub it in. Yeah. <laughs> Ryder Hedgedale that was it I wrote on it Ryder Hedgedale wins when he wants wins when he wants yeah wins when he wants so did he did he get did he take the bell as he was celebrating oh oh yeah oh full on bell and we were just all there that was very British of you by the way to go and print those photos I know right around the dinner table like that is properly kind of schoolboy bully yeah that's what I mean the Peloton is like a high school it's like high school yeah he was fine we're best friends it was funny. <laughs> it's kind of better sometimes just to confront it, isn't it? I don't. You made a good point in commentary that I don't really know because I can't imagine being in that situation. Yeah, you have to own it. How, you have to own it. I, I don't really know how Jasper Philipson didn't know that White Van Aert was off the no, front. I don't. But really he genuinely either. didn't. But I mean, he, he. But a couple of things, right? One is he obviously wasn't looking up because if he'd looked up, he would have seen a really quite big rider all dressed in yellow, like you're saying, flapping his arms and winning the bike race. So mm. he was just looking at his front wheel, wasn't he? Yeah, and he was coming up fast. Oh, he was but finishing I, fast, He was right? finishing really fast. I think what was really interesting, though, because that sort of, it showed how hectic it was for everybody in those last 10Ks. Yeah. Because everyone, because what Jumbo Visma did on the climb, their, their Paris-Nice replica, yep. they literally did lead-outs in the bottom. Yeah, and it meant that it just everyone was just losing wheels. So when they got to the top, everyone was just chasing onto the group in front of them. Yeah, so there were just so many little groups, weren't there? Yeah. So it's like get onto the group in front, and then that group's chasing the group in front. So no one really yeah. knew yeah. where the front was. Yeah, when reasons like that as well, David, and it, you're just ultra focused, aren't you? Yeah, it, it contradicts a bit the fact that he didn't know mm. um, that Wout was up there, but you're so ultra focused on what you've got to do to be at the front to try and win that he might have even had his director. Say in the situation, you might not have heard it. His radio might, have yeah. Out, you know, so many different scenarios. Yeah, but either way, yeah. I mean, but what's interesting then <clears throat> is if he didn't know, I'm confused because his team were riding. He wouldn't have known to be telling his team to ride. He well, just... the whole no one in the team knew. Yeah, no, no one in the team mean. cars knew. Because you'd normally be going, this, well, he's got 27 seconds, you'd be getting time gaps. Yeah. Because um, time gaps to what? Spadali was one of yeah. the riders, one of the few riders who was still available to actually ride for a sprinter. Mm. 
and they did close the gap significantly. In the end, the gap was only eight seconds, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, and it had been 28 seconds. Yeah, I mean, it did shrink pretty fast. As yeah. Also, for Phillips, and I don't, like, Peter Sagan doesn't sprint for second, does he? You know, no, when we're talking really. about the sprint that we're watching, and he won it quite easily. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. So, how relative Didn't it is. Didn't feel like they were anyway. No, it's like yeah. Ryder winning his sprint. Yeah, okay. That's a that's a very <laughs> yeah. fair point. Yeah. That's a fair point. Yeah, it was it was amazing the way Jumbo Visma approached that final climb. Um, it was very cool. Cause, very cool. I, I mean, you said it did seem like it was a plan, because then Walt Van Aert in his post-race interview said that their plan had been just to go flat out at the climb and see what was left at the top. <laughs> Yeah, and it's a simple like, plan. Okay, yeah. they honestly believed that they could have three of them going on yeah, the top like Paris. I think so. Well, they, they really did. He said that was the dream scenario in his post-race interview. Yeah, um, for the team. Yeah, and then he said he had to make the split-second decision when he went over the top, whether yeah. he waits for Yates and Vinegar yeah. or cracks on. And he did. The, he made the right call because. If he waited for Yates and Finnegar, it would have been a big GC chase behind. Yeah. And it would have been yeah. a different, and there were slightly lots, different race. Yeah, but there was the no interest in yeah, GC team. That's true. Because we saw Ineos riding on the front with Van Baal, didn't we? But it wasn't, they weren't riding to probably. I love it when Ineos back. do that. When yeah. it's like a situation and they just go and ride. And yeah. It's like, don't worry, guys, we're here. Yeah, it's like, no one cares. You know, it's like, what, why? <laughs> so they love it, don't they? They always they do, do it. They do. Just um, take control. Yeah. Don't worry, we'll take control. But I was quite surprised because they were all super well placed on the climb on the climb at the bottom. So it was basically Jumbo Visma and Ineos Grenadiers. Yeah. Then Dylan Van Baal, Luke Bro was right at the front. He got piped pretty early. Then it was Dylan Van Baal. Then Adam Yates was still there. Then Geraint couldn't hold the wheel either. Just Martinez was there. It Martinez, was absolutely well, brilliant. The, the to thing watch. with oh, Thomas was, was it was like a go to blow. The t- so yeah. the line the lineup was when Benoit was on the front. He mm. had Van Aert on his wheel. Then came um, Yates. And then Vingegaard, and then Laporte, and that was the that was the critical thing for Thomas and Roglic mm. because Laporte couldn't hold the wheel. And also, so Laporte is, pulled out, and that put Thomas into difficulty. But this is what how clever Jumbo Visma were with the order they put the riders in. Yeah, yeah, that was also genius because they had to Scattered get that right it. because of second place. Second, if, if Tispanit was second and oh, he lost yeah. the wheel. Yeah, it could have fell apart. So they had to get everyone in the right order. They put, put maybe the weakest climber at the back. Maybe I don't know what Laporte to cause the gap. In the first place, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But either way, it was yeah, it was genius, and to get that order right because it yeah. was almost perfect. Wasn't Van Hoy, you don't well, it was so perfect, strong. Yeah. Although yeah. it would have been interesting if Van Hoy, so, yeah, he no, was if that actually. was a tactic, and you know, if Laporte pulling out of the line, which created the gap that put Thomas Martinez and Roglic on the back uh, foot. Roglic was there. Yeah. Roglic was there. But then was so, that on Roglic? Not maybe he made the mistake that he wasn't. He wasn't right up there. Usually in the so, three. So was that a, again just a flicker of maybe a yeah. sign that he's not quite at Vingar's level? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, again, you're right. You know, because yeah. if you are, you are in position. You're in. Yeah, you know, yeah. you don't. That's no not. Good. And he's that's never had this situation where he's had to deal with someone. On his team, mm. joint leadership. That's yeah, like in terms of GC, I mean, he's obviously always got joint leadership. No, he's never he's never approached well, a grand like tour. With, he's never approached a grand tour with joint. And leadership. he's always struggled at the Tour de France, in my opinion, in terms of well, yeah, he hasn't won mistake. it. <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah, he, he cruises through other races, but yeah. he makes mistakes. He crashes more. I mean, yeah. um, he and he just lets it slip a bit. But yeah, thing what thing is that was to use one of your favourite words, Pete. That was rare today, wasn't it? Really that was rare, rare. It, because. Uh, you know, I can't think of a comparable stage. I can't think of a, a climb at the Tour de France that's been raced comparably by a team like that in this my, in my memory. So cycling now, though, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. Why We're not seeing, do that? Seeing unprecedented jersey. stuff, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. why not do that? Yeah. It's just, but, yeah, I mean, to do it's so hard, though, isn't it? Oh, I, Like so I said hard. on set after when we were doing the punditry stuff, I was like, 
to Chris. I said, even to get to arrive at the bottom of that climb in the top 10, yeah. no one will ever understand how hard that is to do in the Tour de France. It's very To then arrive there with your whole team, do a team pursuit up the climb, <laughs> and then the yellow jersey just rides off. That's just... Yes. It's, it's, it's insane. Brilliant. Yeah. And yeah. they have fully, uh, as far as the teams go now and the hierarchy, th- I mean, they already were, they already taken over Sky and Ineos from what mm. they've been doing, but they are, they're the team now, aren't they? Yeah, it's, I mean, in terms of the happened. team, you know, collective team strength, the only other conclusion to draw from today was that potentially Pogacar's got problems. There's There are one or two riders on his team who are not seemingly in great shape. Yeah, I don't think he or she's in shape, no. uh, any kind of shape. He did a he did a miserable time. Mike is not great at arriving in position, and that's where he's going to have troubles tomorrow, Ned. Like we talked about this morning, potentially. Yeah, I mean, I he's so he he's really so good he that he's going to have to rely, but he's going to have to rely on his own wits. And Jumbo Visma do that on the cobbles, and he misses the split. He's yeah. not riding across to it on his own. Yeah, on cobbles. Well, two of the three riders who you'd expect to be really important to him tomorrow are Michael Pierre, yeah, and certainly Mark Hirschi, and. Pierre isn't going great. He got dropped. He was the first rider to get dropped today. It's so weird. Yeah. And um, and here she was just hanging hanging at the back pretty much the whole time. He's got that. He's got Vegard Stekelengen, who's a big unit. Um, but other than that, it's all climbers. Yeah, I feel mm. like here she was a strange rider for them to bring to the tour. Well, he only came in because Trentin got. Promoted. I know that, but in terms of, <laughs> I, we, I, know, ha- I know that. I know that, Ned. I know that. <laughs> uh, uh, how he works for the team and how he commits and well, how he, he buys in. He's he hasn't clicked with that team yet. No. And no, yeah. Huh. So that was that. What was it? Is that all we really. got to say? <laughs> Magnus Court is now broken the record. Yeah, yeah. Eight the eight but, first Bahamontes record from nineteen fifty eight. Yeah, he took five of today's potential six. Did he sit? I wasn't uh, watching. That time. makes eleven. Yeah, he he's won eleven climbs straight after. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's he's wild. won eleven climbs. So he's, got, in he's all in for this competition, though. Well, I don't know. It's a, no, too just early off to the fact that he sat up after the last climb. Well, he's quite tired. Yeah, he's got to be quite tired. I mean, just in terms of, yeah, obviously, but he's obviously <laughs> looking ahead of the bigger picture, so to speak. He's not just in the breakaway, picking up points and well, then carrying on being in the breakaway. One of the big matches, well, the thing, thing is, all of those. the thing is, he can... That's the problem, yeah. But he can literally, he can be in that jersey. You forget that, don't you? Yeah. He can be in that jersey uh, through stage seven now and stage, he'll be wet. I'm, I'm almost certain, even though it's mathematically possible that he won't, I'm almost certain he'll be wearing it on the start line of stage eight. Yeah. Absolutely. Hmm. Um, and so he doesn't need to. So in other words, he doesn't need to expend. He can wear that jersey with no ex- energy expenditure with regard to that jersey. He's yeah, got enough in yeah. the bank. So that's pretty cool. And he's got himself into a really cool yeah, position yeah. there. And then he can almost go. I start again. Yeah. You know. Start yeah. again. He's done. He's you know he's invested on these three days, but doesn't need to do any more now until stage eight. Do you think he will continue to defend it all the way? Do you think? It, I don't, do you reckon that's in the back that's, of his mind to do to try and win the jersey? I'd really like to see him have a go. Yeah, but it, that'll all depend on which. It'd be hard to give it up. He's going to fight. He'll he's have a go fight for, for it, sure. Yeah. The thing is, there are. How there good are, is he at cl- like real mountains? Well, he's not as good as Thibaut Pino, is he? Right, and Pino's uh, kind of indicated that that's his target. Like David said, team. one mount. He wins two, two mountains. Who? Pino. Any of them? Any of them? Mm. Goes over the top of any. Yeah, then it's, then it's, it's over, isn't it? So I don't think. I don't know. It's hard to say. It's crazy, isn't it, it? How you've got to invest so much, yeah, yeah, um, to be in his position now, and then Thibaut Pino can go and just go over the top of two first category KOMs, but, and he's in the jersey. But in a funny way, in a funny way, Court can Court can sort of set about his Tour de France in the way that he would have done anyway, which is target the the you know the kind of massive central stages, get in the big break in the second week yeah. that goes to yeah. the line. He's burnt a lot of energy though. 
when it comes to yeah, getting because when those when it's a breakaway yeah. day, it's so hard to it's get like in. It's like super expensive. So hard. Yeah. And he spent a lot of money there in the first three days. Well, no, no, not to get in the break. Well, no, the, no, the, breaks, breaks. Gone, the breaks have all gone really soft, haven't they? No, I mean, oh, they, oh, yeah. throughout the day, because yeah. when Just being Peloton in the knows it's going to potentially cut, the winner's going to come from the break, it's so hard to get in it. Yeah, so when I'm it's trying to say, so he spent a lot day. of his pennies. Oh, I see. I will see, see what you say. I see what you say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, nonetheless. Yeah. Brilliant start. Very good. There we go. Yeah. It, there was a little, um, there was a little bit when they just got over the first climb today, and then they were riding south off the, the Kassel climb, and uh, there was quite a strong cross tailwind there, and uh, quick stop, uh, quick step Alpha Vinyl hit the front and split it briefly, didn't they, Pete? Before they we were on air with our live show, yeah. actually. Huh. actually, should we just explain? Yeah, they were vacant. Weren't they? Yeah, I think we should just explain because a few people have been asking why aren't ITV4 on air all day every day. Okay. Uh, the reason is the terms of our contract. I don't know what it is exactly, but the contract we have, we sounds very corporate. ITV have um, signed with ASO to broadcast Tour de France means that there are a certain number of hours, not a huge number, that they have to lose over the course of the tour. In other words, um, selectively, ITV have to decide in advance by publishing their schedules, well, it's probably not the worst thing in the world if we lose the first hour or so of that stage and that stage and that stage. For example, tomorrow's stage we're showing in its entirety. Are we? Yeah. Of course, it's cobblestones, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so the big mountain stages, blah, blah, blah. Stuff like that. Really decisive stuff will be shown. So that's just to explain that. How far is the first cobble section? Do we know that? Do you know that? Mm, No. It's got to be about 100 k's in or something. I, I, I mean, it's not that much cobbles. It's 11 it? sections. 19.4. Yeah, that was pretty short. It's pretty thin. But, you know, you, you know. could have one section of cobbles in a stage and it could yeah. make the difference. You should probably look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Each day is it. Oh, by the way, um, a Pete, message from our producers. You're going you're gonna to do a bit of um, recon, like on camera tomorrow. Oh, I'm doing that. Well, I'm not doing it. No, I am. You're, so you're telling me now on the podcast. I'm telling you now. I'm just there. I'm just <laughs> giving you a message on the podcast. I just happen to be doing it on a podcast, mm. on a number two rated okay, podcast. Okay, great. Right. So what yeah. Nev means by that is I have a 360 cam yeah. attached to my bike yeah. and I go and talk about cobbles. the danger of cobbles. And yeah. Who might win. And yeah. Did you ever do Roubaix, Pete? No, I didn't do Roubaix, but I did the Roubaix stage in the 2015 Tour de France. Ah. Which I... Uh, which one was that? I loved Good fun, Epic isn't it? It's such good fun. Yeah, it is good fun. Who won that stage? I can't. My mind's gone totally blank. I'm thinking about the last one was 2018 when John Dagenkolb won. Oh yeah, that's out, right. Outside, weirdly, outside the velodrome. Yeah, that was, was yeah. so strange. We were all kind of lined yeah. up on the avenue outside it. Mm-hmm. Why didn't they take the race into the run? No idea. Anyway, that was that was a cool stage. Re- yeah, the, and Richie Port crashed before we even got to the. Well, that's the thing with the cobbles. It's it's all it's about the, the fight to the cobbles yeah it's not even about the cobble sections necessarily yeah. Yeah. I mean you can attack like you do on the mountains and whatever but it's just the stress and the fight to get there yeah and actually when I was on the cobbles I absolutely loved it did you yeah 2015 so can anyone remember what Tony Martin won Tony Martin won Tony Martin won yeah huh. remember no. Chipped off yeah with, like, no, I do remember now. I do remember now. yeah it was really Froome and Jira in the front group yes it was very cool actually it's a huh. very cool stage I remember um, Gilbert telling me, giving me a blow-by-blow account for the for the roadbook of his Paris-Roubaix victory in 2019. Um, was it 19? Yeah, it was 19. Where it was only his second attempt, and only his first serious attempt at Paris-Roubaix. And he did a, the thing that you're not supposed to do. He did this counterintuitive thing. So you're talking about the fight to get up to the front, mm-hmm. positioning going onto the cobbles. Yeah. 
Gilbert was just hanging at the back all the time with the group, chilled as you like. And his teammates, you know, quick step teammates, but were going, What are you doing, Philip? You're doing this all wrong. You need to be at the front, you know. And he just said, No, 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 I'll, wait. I'll, I'll, I'll let them come back to me. <laughs> so he kind of like, huh. and, and, they, and he kind of says that they did. You know, he got onto these cobble sections. Well, that's the gamble, isn't it? Like, you know, and then all of a sudden he finds himself 11th coming off the cobble centre mm. and he's kind of there and each time he's just super relaxed about it mm. rather than getting involved in the fight at the front. Yeah, end. that is and a gamble. And expending all that energy. Yeah, that's the thing, yeah, but it's a gamble because and you have to be Philip Gilbert to... And you're held up then. Yeah. You're, out yeah. the, you're not out the race, but you you know. Yeah. He's a um, very good bike handler, Phil, as well, so you can get away with those things. But, and yeah. he's incredibly strong. Yeah. It's yeah. really cool to see him today. It's his 40th birthday today. And um, wow. <laughs> he was he was off he was off the back at one point with a mechanical got a wheel change and then he made his way back through the convoy, um, you know, literally just jumping from bumper to bumper. And every single car he passed, um, there was another direct sports chief winding down the window and saying, wishing him happy birthday. Mm-hmm. One yeah, car cool. sung happy birthday to him, didn't <laughs> they? It was you know it's just great. Yeah, the peloton's a pretty cool place. You you're very lucky to have been in it. You two. Yeah, it was cool. Like it the, is big, good. the big family thing, especially if you've got status and yeah, oh that helps. Yeah. And you're liked, and you're liked. That yeah. helps as well. Yeah. Status yeah. helps a lot. Status helps more than being liked. So that explains <laughs> it. Like it was like it, oh, it was for the Netflix documentary. I was um, they were doing research on Mark Cavendish that's coming up, and they asked me about the Peloton and what's it like, and I explained. That Wait, it that's was, separate from the the Netflix Tour yeah, de France. Tour this is two just about. So I don't think people know that. Oh really. Well, they do now. Oh, God. Well, no, no, no. I'm not saying it's embargoed or anything. No, it's just that, Mark, yeah, Mark, no. as we understand it, Mark, well, you know all about it. Yeah, Mark yeah. Cavendish is having a Netflix documentary about his entire career made. That's cool. Yeah. So, so yeah. The, only, the only way I can explain the Peloton for me is like high school. So you have the, the popular kids who are the guys who win all the time. You know what question, and question is coming next, don't you? One sec. And you only... <laughs> <laughs> so, like, so for, for an example... Um, Fabian Cancellara would like never speak to Stanard and then he like won Newsblad or whatever his first big win was and then <laughs> next minute like best mates you know like <laughs> welcome to the gang welcome to the club yeah, yeah it's true um, yeah. and it's, it's really like that Yeah, and the unpopular kids are just like the guys who just <laughs> never get results and the dweebs are yeah, and then you get the people like me who are a bit yeah. angry and getting the odd fight yeah <laughs> well you'd be you're basically you'd, but that, in the peloton the equivalent of having a fag down the back of the bike sheds yeah and, a little bit. Shed, bike yeah. sheds and kind of like Drawing graffiti on the toilet walls. Sitting outside the headmaster's office. Were you mm. sitting at, yeah, quite often sitting mm. outside yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Putting chewing gum on the underneath the <laughs> yeah. table. Underneath people's seats. Underneath Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or in the case of I remember someone at school used to take great pride in the science labs of picking up people's compasses and um, pencil sharpeners and all the metal stuff out of their geometry kits and dissolving it in sulfuric acid. <laughs> oh yeah. That was pretty cool. One of my uh, one of my not well, it's not a really good nickname at all. Was a petri dish in school named after because my name's Peter. Oh yeah, petri. And you know, in science, I get the petri, petri dishes, the yeah. little circle things that you like grow like frog ba- spawn in and stuff. Bacteria, yeah. frog spawn, <laughs> yeah. frog petri spawn. dish. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, frog spawn. <laughs> I've created life <laughs> yeah. in a petri dish. Teacher, I always call them petri dishes, but petri petri. It's called yeah. petri. Maybe Wouldn't they are petri dishes. Yeah. yeah. So your nickname was petri dish. Yeah. Yeah. Petri petri dish. Yeah, I think it was. That's yeah. a terrible nickname. Isn't it? It is a terrible nickname. Yeah. We were speculating today because Pete and I rode out from the finish line but out to that final climb and oh, back again. That was some ride on it. 
It's great fun. I really enjoyed it. Your really flying fun. dropped me up the climb. Well, you went. You invested quite a lot, still. quite early. Do you remember? I had to rein you in. Well, I had the initial endorphin hit of like yeah. getting on the bike. Getting on the bike. <laughs> and it lasted about five kilometers. Yeah. Well, no, they're partly because I said, are, we, "Are you going to ride like this the whole way?" And then you went, "Yeah." You kind of forget how much natural talent I have. <laughs> That's pretty much what you said. No, actually, in a way, I said. <laughs> David actually said four years ago. I think it's. The difference between like when you retire and cycling and football is, mm. you know, you could turn up and you yeah. could do a hundred, keep you up, header it, stick it in the top corner. Yep. Cyclists, you know, you what have you got? You become overweight. You can't You've still ride got a nice bike. pedal stroke. But yeah, no, but you do what you have is something inbuilt in your legs where you can just naturally step on the pedals for a certain amount of time before yeah. the cardiovascular hits in and you realise how unfit you are. But there's yeah. something embedded in there that yeah. you just have. But yeah, that was all right. What, yeah. what was the story you were going to tell? Um, on our way back, Pete, we were wondering how uh, it'd be great to try and get hold of some archive to find out. Actually, we'd have to. What was the year that you won that Dauphiné stage by chilling off the front and fifteen? Fifteen. Twenty fifteen Dauphiné stage one, stage two, one, stage one, one. Um, <laughs> Remember that yesterday playing pool. One. <laughs> that's, another, that's another story. That's another story. But stage one of the Dauphiné, we want to get France Television's coverage to find out how they pronounced your name. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be interesting. We d- I don't... What, what do well, we, we offer could just go and, We could just go Well, no, them. I went with... So, for me, and obviously being a commentator is, especially for you and David, yeah. a big part of it is getting pronunciation, pronunciations of names right. Yeah. Where, for me, as a cyclist, I really just didn't care how my name was pronounced. And <laughs> I almost adapted and, say, the Italian said Canauga, the French said Kenoff. Canauga? Kenoff. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, that's that's my name. Mm. To a hey, point, there, can I all go? when I was like traveling, even in the UK, I would just turn up and say, I've got a room booked under Peter Kenner. Kenner. And I just, yeah, roll yeah. with it. Yeah. So, can you? I, just, so I think they probably went, uh, Peter Kenner. Kenner, yeah. Kenner. Kenner. That, that's my best Peter. guess. But on the Isle Kenor. of Man, actually, so Kenyuk is A U G H, and it's pronounced Kenyuk. There's yeah. a place called Balaf, which is A U G H. It's called Balaf. So you could be Kenaf. There's a place called Balaric, which is A-U-G-H, I'm pretty sure. Huh. And it uh, doesn't really make much sense, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Well, so the Manx... Um, the thing is, even even with our French, you know, some of the French riders in the peloton, there is uh, a general disagreement within France, or an, uh, what, not a my, settled... About my name? No, no, not about your name, necessarily, but a, 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 not a settled version of how some of the French riders pronounced, or whose well, names are pronounced by French television. So, right. three examples, right? Cosnefroy. Mm-hmm. Benoit Cosnefroy is occasionally Confoy. Oh, yeah. Viemoz is occasionally Viemot. And I think actually most French speakers call him Viemot. Um, and what's the other one? Um, yeah, really strange. He finished in fifth place in the first bunch sprint in Denmark. Jeremy Lecoq mm. is apparently also pronounced sometimes Jeremy Lecroix. Oh. So there you go. So huh. Kenel. You, you had that with um, old <laughs> Hubert Latham today. Hmm. Yeah, Hubert Latham, that was a story. Yeah. Go on. Well, Pete, do you remember when we were going up the climb to go down the climb and then come back up the climb? Yeah. Um, actually, on the, no, it was way back down the climb. Um, I stopped and said, I just want to take a picture of this monument. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Beautiful monument, wasn't it? Yeah. It's this kind of like bronze figure of a character, but life-size, with an aviator scarf kind of whipped by the wind. And, and like he's standing there, he's got kind of... He's uh, little, not a top hat. Little uh, cap. Cap. And like um, was wear. he wearing flying goggles? Mm. No, I don't think he was wearing flying goggles, but wearing kind of a... And his name was H. Latham. Just said H. Latham. Didn't give him his first name. 
but it said something about aviateur, a notable, and all that gave his dates of his um, of his life and all that sort of thing. Active in the twenties. Don't know when he died. Twenty nine. Um, died in twenty nine. Did he die in an accident? Uh, yes. In oh, the con- you can, in the you Congo. Can, well, you can tell us about the accident. Um, yeah. So I got back and I thought, who is this H Latham? So I googled him. Turns out it's a man called Hubert Alfred Charles Hubert Latham, mm. and um, the most English-sounding name possible. Born in Paris, and I think his father was of English or British yeah. extraction. And um, but he's as French as they come. Pete's just taking. Have you taken a little picture there, Pete? I'm doing a little live video. Oh, you doing live video? Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, He's as, he's, he's as French as they come. Anyway, he was one of the pioneer aviators in France. And um, shortly before Louis Blériot, after whom um, the beach at Songat is named, beautiful beach actually, just miles and miles of pristine sand, um, sailed, uh, sailed, flew across the English Channel in 1909, uh, becoming the first man to fly across the Channel. It took him 36 minutes, by the way. Um, shortly before that... Uh, Hubert Latham or Hubert Latam, no idea how the French would have pronounced his name, um, tried and failed twice on two occasions to fly across the English Channel. Um, and because he failed to fly across the English Channel, I think the consequence of failing to fly across the English Channel mean inevitably that you drop into the water. And he set a different record. Instead of becoming the first, English, uh, first um, pilot to fly across the English Channel, he became the first man to successfully land an airplane on the water. <laughs> which is his most notable achievement. <laughs> he also set the airspeed record, didn't he? Yeah. In 1912 or something like yeah, that? Yeah, 48 miles an hour. 48 miles an hour yeah. was the airspeed record in 1912. Bonkers. That's quite slow, isn't it? Yeah. Slower than Wout van Aert. Slower than Wout van Aert on that descent yeah. by some distance. Yeah. 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 Well, how did he die? Um, I think he, were, he was 29. And he... So this must have been... Actually, this must have been... I don't know when this was. Not long after those bits, because he was pretty young when he was doing that. Yeah. Uh, and he was sent with the military down to the Congo. Oh, right. And he went on a hunting trip. And the original story was that he was mauled by an injured buffalo or something. Right, right. Uh, but then there was a, a second report. <laughs> mauled by an injured buffalo. That yeah. was the first the one. The first one, yeah. But then his body was found and there was no injuries, just a head wound. And they think that his porters perhaps killed him and took his guns and his belongings. Oh, that sounds maybe more plausible yeah. than the Buffalo story. Yeah. So there you go. That reminds me a little bit of the s- tragic demise of the first Italian to win the Tour de France in... Pausing because I'm trying to remember. 1924. He won the race twice. Ottavio Botecchia. Um, oh. His death happened in 1927 when he was preparing for the Tour de France on the, his home roads of Veneto. And um, he was found by the side of the road, unconscious, having ostensibly uh, sustained a head injury, bad head injury. But here's the thing. His bike was propped up next to the side of the road. That's weird. So there's a bit of a mystery. Anyway, some people... It's a bit like that, the canoe one. Yeah. 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 What was it? What canoe one? Don't know. I just said so yeah like I knew. That, what you were that it about. was um, a drama on the BBC. Yeah, the, the canoe guy, Darwin. Who, or was he it? set up his own death. Yeah, he faked his death. Yeah. It just didn't make sense, basically. And none of it made sense, yeah. 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 Well, he definitely died. Yeah. Ottavio Botecchia from these head wounds after, okay. after about a day or so he, he expired. Ah, okay. But no one really could unpick what was happening to <laughs> him. What had happened to him. And the, the theories ranged from um, 
he had been raiding an orchard and um, stealing fruit. And a local farmer who confessed to his murder much later on his deathbed said, yes, it was me. I, I chucked stones at him and I, didn't, I only meant to scare him off. But one of the stones struck him on the side of the head Jesus. and killed him. Yikes. Right? That sounds, I don't know what I feel about that. Another one was... Well, I hope you feel that's probably wrong. Oh, it's definitely wrong. It's definitely wrong. (laughs) Definitely wrong. He was Um, stealing apples. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's plausibility. Another another one is that, and here's a really interesting one, his brother, I mean, unbelievably, tragically, had been killed, to whom he was devoted, one of his brothers, uh, in a bike accident a month before, Uh where he'd 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 been taken out by a driver of a car. The car that had killed his brother belonged to um, a local politician who was a pal of Mussolini's, Benito no. Mussolini's. Uh, Ottavio Botecchia himself was a committed socialist and quite vocal about it as well. Just an all-round really interesting character. And the other theory is that he had, for that reason, that he was um, demanding compensation from this Mussolini politician mm. for his brother's demise, and also, just to shut him up, um, that he was taken out by a Mussolini hench, like a henchman and all that sort of thing. So That seems very plausible. Implausible. Plausible. You're going with the fruit one. No, well, you're going with that one. You're going yeah. Mussolini stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of other theories as well, but yeah. Mm. So no one knows. But Hubert Latham. Hubert. Hubert Latham. Hubert. Yeah. There was another story with Hubert Latham. Oh, mate, you're all over. And this. it was. Um, you spent a lot of time on his Wikipedia page. I did. I liked it. Yeah, it while good. you were commentating. <laughs> I noticed some extended silences what today. What are these to Chris? I wonder if he's related oh, yeah. to Chris Latham. I wonder that. Yeah. Um, it was at an air show at with, um, Brooklyn in England. No. And he Latham? got a little bit carried away. Okay, I'll just carry on this story. No, go on. No, you just carry on. It doesn't matter. Yeah, It's not that good a story. No, it isn't. Go on. If it's a Hubert Latham story, it's a good story. Okay, it's a Hubert Latham story. So he was... Flying his plane and he was doing some acrobatics and everyone was in awe. And he clipped his wing on on the um, the big hangar and it just went clipped and stopped dead and went straight through the roof. Just <laughs> <laughs> cartwheeled the aeroplane yeah. basically. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, "Oh, he's dead!" And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and there was this huge puff and dust and smoke everywhere. And they just saw him clambering out and he just walked casually over this. to the edge of the roof, sat down with some legs over and just lit a cigarette. Oh. <laughs> I think this guy might be the best guy in the world. <laughs> That's so good. Like, oh, that was the I other one. Just... So when he was, so, no, this is good as well. So when he was um, trying to do the the cross channel, yeah, thing twice he failed. Twice, twice, so twice. the first time when is it Blair? Blair, Blair, Blair did it. Blair, Blair, Blair. But they were both there the same night to do it. Okay, and so because they both the planes were ready, they were both racing to do it, and they both were at, on the French side getting ready to go. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. But, but Blair's team actually <laughs> thought about it and stayed up at night checking the weather yeah. and realized it was clearing up. Yeah. So got everything ready. Yeah. Um, at like 4am, 4.01 they, they took off, up, they took uh, off shortly and it's like board, and, and yeah. <laughs> Hubert Latham's team heard a plane start and they're like whoa no! <laughs> 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 we ran and woke him up and we were like right we've got to get it going <laughs> he basically got caught out imagine being like so up good. in the air David, everyone's asleep going on. and he's yeah. been like is it working? yeah I think so you know he's like every other second yeah, yeah I'm still up I'm still up in the still air still flying Chugga, 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 like, chugga, right, chugga. right now, yeah. how am I going to land? 
I well, just love that. Like, so well, that's why, like, so Louis Blerio, when yeah, he got to the other like, side. Well, I'm going to go down yeah. and then try and slow down a little yeah. bit. I don't so know. Louis Blerio, when he finally made landfall after 36 minutes, he made, go, cycled over Dover Castle. <laughs> cycled? Keep saying that. Flew over Dover, <laughs> Dover Castle. And then he went, how oh, am I going to land? Right. Yeah. So right. What next? Do, there's, no, there's no airfields. He, <laughs> no, exactly. So he had like to do... hot water balloon. He had to hot do like balloons. two... A hot air balloon. <laughs> hot water balloon. <laughs> <laughs> Put the kettle on. <laughs> he had to two circuits, losing altitude all the time, and then he did this fumblingly awful crash landing. Basically, he broke his undercarriage of the plane, and also one of the propellers snapped as well. But he survived, and he's a nice. hero, and he's got a beach named after him. Whereas Hubert Latham's only got the money. I just so, can imagine yeah. it, like I love four hundred one, like Hubert Latham too, just standing there going, "Oh no!" Right. I reckon Hubert was in bed. <laughs> yeah, well, he was. That's what he said. Let's, let's go wake him up. Oh, look. <laughs> How rare that is. Imagine being the first person. Yeah, I know. And it's just like, right, get in. We think you're going to yeah. be all right. Good luck with it. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah great. Can't wait. Like, Can't think, wait to find out what do, happens. Do you think this thing can land on water? <laughs> no, it's like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, know who's, you know who sponsored the prize? Daily Mail, £1,000 for the first person to fly across the yes. channel. Is that right, the Daily yeah. Mail? Yeah. Uh, well, maybe. Yeah. Sponsored the prize. Still doing great journalism. I got back three thousand three thousand pounds off um, the supermarket on the other man called Shoprite for beating Chris Boardman's um, mountain time trial record on the other man. Thousand pounds. They put it up. Said anyone could beat his record. They get three thousand pounds. And how many attempts? I just did it. It's the only time I've ever done it, and I beat it. Wow. Because they thought no one would ever beat it. Have you told him that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> first, first thing he told him when he met him. Yeah. <laughs> you know that record? I took it. I got three grand. Yeah. Chris had a certain reputation, didn't he, back in the day for turning up at hill climbs and winning them because the you know someone said you can have a coloured television for winning and <laughs> stuff yeah. like that. He was all over. Oh, yeah. we should. Um, we got to have dinner with the voice of cycling yesterday. Oh, that oh, was amazing. God, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, we were just sitting there, weren't we? I was actually uploading the podcast mm. yesterday's podcast, trying to get some Wi-Fi from a cafe down the road. Down the road. And uh, yeah, uh, we caught sight of two characters. Thibaut, who's one of those people who I have seen and nodded to. Yeah, like, all right, mate. True. For 15 years at the yeah. tour, at least, and I'd never knew his name or what he did. Turns oh, out yeah. he is he is the um, he is basically the wingman for the voice of cycling, yeah. Phil Liggett, who is. Uh, it was really nice to see Phil. We haven't seen him since the pandemic, really. We spent yeah. a lot of time with him in Harrogate, didn't we? In, yeah, we did. In 2019. That's right, yeah, because we did our show. And yeah. We did a really good, nice interview with him. Yeah. He's, so, he's just such a raconteur, isn't he? Yeah, well, he's a commentator, David. Really That's quite like a good a one. a bit like <laughs> it's kind of what you do as well, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah. And you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of his do. job. I know age is just a number, but yeah. it really is with him. I've never sat next to someone of his age. 78. And you've never sat next to someone Well, I will. Well, not 78. Had, so probably not had, not had a conversation for over an hour. And I felt like I was the same age. I felt like there was no... Yeah. He's incredible. He, he is incredible. He's a character. Yeah. 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 He's a character. You're showing me pictures of his house in South Africa. It's oh, like an amazing mate. kind of... Um, uh, what would you call those? Like, what would you call those? Almost like a safari kind of... It's like African it, it's country on, house. Isn't it built onto kind of stilts yes, and it goes out to the, the river. river? Yeah. So he's always talks. I know that Phil Winters in South mm, Africa has yeah. been he and Trish yeah. for years. And then a couple of years ago, I was um, asked to take part in a documentary about Phil's life and his working, you know, the Tour de France, made by an Australian production company. It's a very beautiful film, actually. 
really interesting. I don't know. I can't remember off the top of my head what the title is and or, or how you get it, but I'm sure Google will help you there. Um, so I can. They came to my house and a bit like Pete and the and the, and the Netflix documentary about Mark Cavendish. You know, I'm, I've kind of contributed and said some said some things about him. Um, and uh, uh, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. And then I, I was sent the first cut of the documentary to see if I kind of like was happy with it and approved. And I could not believe, because the first five minutes are all of the film, if not more, are set in South Africa. Oh, uh, really? And there's kind of like the first shot is like the most beautiful setting you can imagine. Oh, yeah, because you were invited there. You were invited in a corner night to his house, yeah. Totally did. But don't, we've got to do that. Yeah. 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 So there's sort of flying to Johannesburg. It's all be done in Cape Town in November, I think. And then he's pick us up and it's like 80k drive out to to his place yeah like, that, that'll be that'll be amazing that'll be surreal that really will be yeah because he's so pits like elephant outside the window oh no literally it, but yeah. he's occasionally posted like stuff like that isn't he kind of just looking yeah. out looking through yeah, yeah. well the, the wildlife in South Africa are massive cycling fans <laughs> not a moment's peace <laughs> <laughs> are you Phil Liggett yeah get a selfie <laughs> what on earth are you doing here <laughs> Yeah, he was having the moule marinière last yeah. night, wasn't he? He was. Yeah, yeah, he was. It was quite nice. I enjoyed... Do you know, Denmark is... Den- well, we spoke about this, didn't we, in yesterday's pod, you know, like the familiarity of coming back to French hotels. And then shortly after we did the pod, we went for dinner. And I couldn't... I mean, I don't eat very much meat now, very kind of relatively rarely, certainly at home. But as soon as I, a, a laminated... It wasn't a grand place at all, was it? A laminated menu got plonked in front of me. My eyes were drawn to the steak frites. And I just went, steak frites. Yeah. Like that. And it was just comforting. I had kind of half of Pete's veggie burger. Oh. They couldn't eat because of stinky cheese. Cheese. Oh, it was, was it horrible. too stinky yeah. for you, Pete? Oh, it was so bad. It, like, oh. <laughs> oh. Like, honestly. I quite liked it. No, I did, Yeah, couldn't eat it, basically. So I gave it to David. So much cheaper as well. What, veggie burger? No, just here. Oh, here rather than Denmark. Yeah. yeah. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. I remember going to... Remember the 2009 tour, David? Of course you do. You nearly won a stage into Barcelona. Ah, yes, I do. Wow, that would have been cool. That would have yeah. been cool. Yeah. Um, but 2009 tour, Barcelona. Started in Girona and Did finished it? in Barcelona, so I went on a rampage. You remember that what? stage? Can you remember that stage, Pete? Yeah. No. I was not even professional yet, but... You were almost professional. Yeah, I you can't remember s- watching it. Yeah, that was my last year. Sure you, you were a super schlug. I was racing thought? through the Shlug. streets. I was. Yeah. I, oh, for sure I watched it, but I can't yeah. remember you watching it. You can't remember it, right? In front of my own. Through Barcelona no in the rain. That's epic. You know now the doc who's mm. who's who's passed, who's yep. who, who died last year. Mm. You know him very well. Yeah. You knew him briefly, but you got he, to you got he was, to know. He was yeah. our director at yeah. ITV. He was our, he was our director. We've spoken yeah. about him on yeah. other podcasts. And, you know, people, we've got new we've listeners. Got so yeah, many no, listeners we've got so many listeners because we're the second Steve Doherty was the kind of like life and soul of it. You know, he was the man. He was the main man on this since the Channel Four days, right up until. Um, just before the Tour de France last year, when he he very suddenly died, um, and he but he was he took no prisoners, Steve, and he was he was passionate about cycling. Miller was off the front going into Barcelona. I was the reporter back in the day, and um, it was pour, was it pouring with rain, Dave? Yeah, pouring absolutely rain. pouring with rain in Barcelona. The chances of that, and, and, and with with like with one kilometre to go, David. You might have to use your microphone here because it's a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sorry. <laughs> With one kilometre to go, how much time did you have? Uh, I had, I think I was down to about 20 seconds. No. But I had the uphill to Montreux. No. Yeah, but yeah. it's an uphill finish. Oh, yeah. but still. But yeah. still. But still. And Steve is going. So, so close. So close. Steve is going, go 
on, Miller. And I'm hearing it in my ear. Go on, Miller. Go on, lad. Go on, lad. And then when it was obvious you were going to get caught, mate, the string of expletives oh, that really? came your way. <laughs> like you my were, fault. You were like, you went from hero in his eyes to a total nothing. Like in the blink of an eye. So it actually, was, he wasn't doing it for me, he was doing it, it for was, the show. It was yeah. Miller, yeah. for the show. All about the show, though, wasn't it? it yeah, yeah. It was like it was. You couldn't. You were absolute yeah. mud on his boot. I remember was, my first tour that yeah. I did in 2019. Let go and get Miller and ask him why he made a mess of that. Except he used stronger <laughs> yeah. language, didn't it? He was very direct, wasn't he? He did a finger thing where he'd call yeah. you over. Yeah, and he. The classic one was how, well for me anyway. Yeah. How do you think you do? No, 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 not not for you. Everyone, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, that makes me feel better. So he'd call you in. He'd, sometimes he usher everyone else out of the truck. <laughs> oh yeah, like that. So, Borden, him like, go, and Joe go. But can you come in here? Yeah. How do you think you do it? This would be like after ten days on the road. Wouldn't it? And bear in mind, it's my first tour, and to a certain degree, I want to do the job, carry on doing the job. So, even yeah. honestly, if I didn't think I was doing that well, <laughs> you know, I had to say, well, I think I'm doing all right, to be honest. It was like, oh, do you think you could sparkle a little bit more uh, to camera? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Favourite word. Sparkle, sparkle, wasn't it? Always used to say to Boardman, like in his ear, Boardman, sparkle. Yeah. <laughs> in that <laughs> voice. You're like the Spark. least sparkly voice. Yeah, and the odd time he said it's like a box, like, think you're getting up for a boxer match or something, you know, get that energy up, get that energy up. <laughs> It's like, bloody hell, that's intense. <laughs> but yeah, he was good at what he did, wasn't he? Yeah. They were like micro-performance reviews, <laughs> yeah. weren't they? Yeah, but unknown, you know. Yeah. You just, oh, do you think you do? A bit like the Hunger Games. It was, Hunger it was Games. Like, oh, oh, this came from nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, there we go. Very good. Um, anything? Anyone want to chip in anything? The no. Latham? No. Uh, We've got the Latham? Racing-wise, no. Matthew Vanderpoel is off the game. I think... The Giro uh, is yeah. too much. Yeah, I think you I might think be right. That's a very interesting point because I'm starting to reach that conclusion as well. Yeah, and I, I read because no, he was I, racing I, at the front today and he wasn't there when he used to be. He wasn't being lazy. Yeah, he was. That is quite interesting. So isn't he it? did go up. Hmm. Yeah. I well, we'll know tomorrow. I read an interview in the Telegraph, True. the Dutch yeah. newspaper, that yeah. said exactly that. Said Matthew van der Poel is not a match for White Van Aert in this in no, this, this year. This Tour de France. No, he's not. Well, no one is. No one is. No one is. But he's not even close. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's yeah the Giro, isn't old, it? Old route, yeah. And also start on the Giro with what? How many free race days? Or it wasn't many, was it? They'll do, do a stage race before it. Anyway, it wasn't deep. many. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's going to take because some people so. go to the Giro and just kind of ride through it for the tour. He rode out of his skin at the Giro, didn't he? Mm. Yeah, which is not easy to recover from the way he no. raced. Fantastic. Now he's just going to go and win by a minute tomorrow, isn't Probably. it? Probably proves yeah. all wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully. By the way, we, we're now we're in France. We picked up our driver, haven't we? Do you want to get a quick word from him, David? Say hello, Gary. Say what? Say hello. Hello. Who are you? I'm very good, thank you. And who are you? Who am I? <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> How long have you got? My name is Gaza. <laughs> That'll do for now. With a capital G. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do for now. It's a little teaser. At some point, we'll <laughs> yeah. do the life we'll story of Gary Beckett, who's <laughs> had more jobs than there are currently available in the UK jobs market. I did a whole section in the racer in my second book about you. Oh, he opened another chapter on the podcast. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so the, all his jobs were in there. All his jobs? Oh, yeah, I put all his jobs in there. In the racer? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Oh, by the way, I should say, chapter three is still selling, you know? Wh- we are. Yeah. We are doing it. Actually, in the oh, show actually, notes. David, I'm going <laughs> to take over your, oh, yeah. my your promo. plug here, just yeah. briefly. 
and say I wore oh, yeah. the lightweight top, mm-hmm. like the tech t-shirt, t-shirt yeah. tech tee, uh, the pants which the are liner shorts, liner shorts with and a pad, and the over the top yeah, casual the shorts, yeah. shorts you could wear anywhere. Yeah, and it was great on the bike and looked really really cool off the bike. And Aww, yeah, I think it's a great Pete. product. Oh, I think also because we're all at that stage now where we don't feel that comfortable in Lycra. It's yeah, quite nice yeah. to have an option. It's nice I was just wearing between the all these clothes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, it yeah. Was, I felt like I was in cycling kit, basically riding a bike. So. Oh, that's yeah, super very cool. Crazy. That was the, the purpose of it. Yeah, people go into show notes and I'll put the link to my daily newsletter. So we're going to do a, run a competition with that as well. Yeah, you work quite hard on that, don't you? I do. Yeah, yeah. quite hard on that. But that's why you're taking all these little Polaroids and all that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, I love the Polaroids. It's been like a good excuse. I wouldn't do it otherwise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, and in the meantime, please, just my little plea, please do support at least my side of the podcast um, by going to Ends24 finding out plan a little trip away from home um, if the nearest show that I'm doing in the autumn is a little bit of a hike um, have a little think get uh, get organised mm. and buy some tickets because um, honestly the way the Tour de France is shaping up we're having so much fun out here living our best lives mm. and there's going to be stuff that I will yeah. want to tell you all about on stage yeah. and then finally if you want to get <laughs> fit and really fun, go yeah. to superpass.cc and get coached by, yep. the, by the heroes. Yep. Yeah. I'm waiting for the uh, emails to come in after this uh, three weeks of podding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm uh, yeah, at your keep, disposal. Keep spreading the word, please, uh, with this pod, because it's gaining real momentum. We're really proud of it, and we're really grateful and to I you all for listening. And I think it's fair to say, Ned, yeah. that we really enjoy doing it. And we really enjoy we doing it, it as is evident by the fact we're yakking on for far <laughs> too long now. Um, but, yeah, we're, 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 we're very grateful to you all. So keep listening, spread the word, and review us as well, because that apparently helps the algorithm. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.